following message is from the North Shore Christian Centre MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about North Shore Christian Centre is available at www.nscc.org.au. What do you do when your dream falls apart? How many of you understand this, that life is a journey? It has its ups and it has its downs. It has its highlights and it has its lowlights. It has times of great joy, but it also has times of great grief. How many of you like going through times of great joy? How many of you like going through times of great grief? Not too many hands went up then. Has good times, has bad times. It has times when dreams come to pass, but it also has times when dreams fall apart. And I want to share with you today the story of a man who had lost his dream and what Jesus did to help him through his journey. And and I really believe that this relates to all of us because I don't think there's one person here today who has not experienced the grief of a dream that's fallen apart. And maybe you're in a stage right now where your dreams are falling apart and I want to share with you that there's hope for you. Maybe you're in a stage of grief where, where, where something has happened to you, where that which you believed in has died and, and, and has fallen apart. But I, I want to say to you that God's got a solution. God's got an answer. God has a way through for you. And, uh, and this beautiful story in Mark chapter 5 is a story of what Jesus did to someone who had lost their dream. Let's read it together. Mark chapter 5, verse 35 says this, While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly, when he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with them and entered where the child was laying. And he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. There is no guarantee in life that everything will always go well, even if you are a Christian. I know it's contrary to some of the teaching of the blabbit and grabbit people, But I I want to say to you that even Jesus had times when he went through grief. The Apostle Paul certainly went through times of incredible tumult. And if you are a student of the Bible, you cannot read the Bible and, and, and tell me that everything always went well for every single... Matter of fact, if you read the Bible, what you can find is a guarantee that there will always be trials and tribulations that come your way. But what do you do? We all know what to do when everything's going well. It's wonderful to rejoice when everything's going well. But what do you do when a dream falls apart? What do you do when you're confronted with a disaster in your life? Well, 
I'm going to share with you four things to do when a dream falls apart. Number one is this. Don't let fear control you. The first thing that Jairus was told by Jesus when he heard this news, your little girl is dead. The first thing Jesus said to him is, fear not. Do not be afraid. The first command of Jesus, when you are confronted with a disaster, when you're confronted with with a, a broken promise, a broken dream, is this. Do not let fear control your life. How many of you know that fear is a force? The Bible actually calls fear a spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So, so, so fear actually is a life force. Fear has a force of its own. And we need to be able to understand that fear will want to control you or you can control it. You've got two choices. Either let fear control you or you control fear. But either way, you have to do something about the spirit of fear. You come into a situation and someone gives you news and it's bad news. And the first thing that that hits you is the force of fear. Have you ever gotten a phone call in the middle of the night? It's a disastrous phone call. And all of a sudden, you feel the force of fear trying to come upon you. Oh, my friends, I tell you, when you've got kids, you've got to fight the spirit of fear all the time. I can remember Anne and I lying in bed awake at night, our three kids in a car, out at night somewhere, somehow, and the force of fear comes upon you. Oh, God, please look after our kids. And and we, we either succumb to the force of fear or you control it. You've got a choice. Jesus said to Jarius, do not be afraid. Don't let fear control your life. Life becomes miserable and small when it's controlled by fear. Too many people live life controlled by fear. One of the wonderful things that Anne and I have just uh, uh, enjoy doing a lot now is cruising. So uh, Anne is a cruise junkie. Now, I went on my first cruise. This is a ship cruise when I was 12 years of age. My parents took us to Europe. And we did a cruise that went from Sydney to Messina. It took 30 days to get there. And then, and then we took the cruise back and it took 30 days to get home. And so in 1971, I spent two months on a ship and loved every single moment of it. And so when I got married, I said, Anne, we've got to go cruising. I, I did it when I was 12 and I want to do it. She says, no, 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 no. I'm afraid of boats. I'm afraid of ships. I'm afraid of getting seasick. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. And so I was not able to do it. And then finally, I worked out a scheme of, of making it happen. And so I talked to my friend, Lindsay and Julie Clark, to coming with us. And they, they talked Anne into coming. And so it was like, and, and I picked the Mediterranean, summer Mediterranean, like a lake. And so talked her into, showed her all the brochures, all the pictures, bribed her, told her that it was just going to be. And, and the thing that clenched it was this. If you go on a cruise, you only have to unpack once. 
And so what happened was that Anne, Anne said, well, well, I'll give it one chance, one chance only. And so we gave it this chance. She overcame her fear. And then she discovered what an incredible world the world of cruising was. And we were talking about it just, just recently because we just did another one um, from Amsterdam this time. We went from Amsterdam to Belgium, from Belgium to France, from France up to Norway. And then we disembarked in Copenhagen in Denmark. Magnificent cruise. Just loved it immensely. And, and Anne now is a cruise junkie. And I said, do you, do you realize that if you hadn't overcome your fear, you would not be in this place of enjoying this wonderful new opening in life. Fear was actually the thing that was blocking you from this enjoyment. And by you overcoming your fear, you've discovered a whole new world of enjoyment. I really believe that, that the enemy wants to control you by fear to stop you from enjoying a whole world of enjoyment. I love riding motorbikes. Anybody else love riding motorbikes? There's just something about being on a big bike with that noise coming out the back. The open face helmet, the leathers, and just the, the chrome reflecting the sunlight, blinding people's eyes. There's just something wonderful about a big cruiser motorbike with a big sound. But a few years ago, I had an accident. I fell off, broke my shoulder bone, broke three ribs. And I had a choice to make. And the choice was whether fear was going to stop me going back on a motorbike, fear of falling off again, fear of hurting myself, or whether I was going to overcome that fear and regain the enjoyment of the open air and just the feeling of being cool. And, 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 and so I, I decided to combat all the negative voices that were trying to stop me. My mother was the biggest negative voice. She actually offered to buy my motorbike off me. You know, she actually, and I said, Mom, what do you need my motorbike for? She says, I just want to keep it in the garage. I says, what would you do? She says, every day I go in the, in the, in the garage, get a hammer and hit that bike and say, how dare you damage my son? You know, <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not selling you my motorbike. I'm getting it fixed and I'm going to ride again. And, uh, and so I do. But I had to fight the spirit of fear that tries to block you and tries to put you into a very small place. And that's exactly what was about to happen to Jarius. That fear was about to put him in a very small, constrained and restraining space. And Jesus says, don't let fear control you. Fear not. I want to talk to you about the big four fear factors that you always have to fight. There are the big four. There are many fear factors, but the big four is this, fear of failure. I, I really believe that out of fear of failure, so many people are restrained from taking risk. Can you imagine what you could do if there was no fear of failure? What would you attempt if you had no fear of failure? Because you think so many times when we attempt something, we look at the risk factors. Will we succeed or will we fail? And we add up the, the, the risk factors. And sometimes if, 
even failure is a 1% risk. Some people say, no, 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 no. I want 100% guarantee that I'm not going to fail because I fear failure so much. How many of you know there's nothing in life that you can do that doesn't have some sort of risk? So weigh up the risks, but don't be controlled by fear. I really believe this, that that you've got to be smart in life. And and there's one thing about being smart, and it's another thing about being controlled by fear. Fear of failure blocks people, constrains people, restrains people. Here's another big four fear factor, is the fear of man. How many people don't attempt things because they're afraid of what people might say? The disapproval of man. We go through life wanting people to approve. We go through life so self-conscious. I mean, one of the things that Anne and I enjoyed about our holiday in Italy, we spent, after the cruising and the discovering, we spent just one week sitting on the beach in Italy. We thought what we'll do is that we'll have an Italian holiday, just sit on the beach. and, uh, And what amazed us was the lack of body image that the Italians have. They could not care less about what you think. So we're sitting in our hotel in the morning having breakfast and we notice this Italian family bring their nonna down. And I mean, she would be at least in her 80s on a walking stick, poor little nonna. And we looked at the grandson and he was just so caring of his nonna we thought what a lovely grandson he is and she's on a walking stick you know getting a breakfast and then the next time we see nonna is on the beach and she's replaced her walking stick with a bikini (laughs) I'm not kidding you And the grandson is walking her nonna in a bikini on the beach. I said, no self-respecting Aussie kid would say, do I know you? I don't know you. Who are you, lady? Get away from me. (laughs) He's walking it down. That bikini gave her such confidence, she threw away a walking stick. And she's strutting her stuff down the beach. I'm saying, Lord Jesus, help us. You know, the fear of man can just so restrain us and constrain us. And, and you see the Italians, they, they, on the, on, every morning they do the passeggiata on the beach in their wherewithals. And so we cover up, we put the cap on, we put the shirt on. Not them, man, they're just in there, all their glory. You know, men, women, whatever. And it's just no fear of anything. Nobody restrains them. They're just... just free and I thought I wonder what we could attempt if we had no fear of what people thought about us no fear of what people said about us we could not care less what people are saying we just we just do what we feel is the right thing for us to do imagine what you could accomplish if you lost your fear of approval Imagine what you would accomplish if you lost your fear of disapproval, your fear of rejection. How many people have lost their faith because someone has gone, oh, you're a Christian, oh, oh, oh. why would 
you believe in God? And, 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 and started to tear him down. And oh, fear of what people think. I'll just hide my faith. Imagine what you could become if you lost your fear of what people thought and just said, I am only going to fear one thing, and that's God. Because the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And have a holy fear and a holy reverence of God. Here's the third big fear factor is fear of death. How often do we fail to attempt things because we're afraid of dying, afraid of this and afraid of that and afraid of death? And the fourth one is fear of pain. We just don't like pain. But you know what I've discovered? I've discovered that anything that requires effort requires pain. And people that accomplish things, they cross the pain factor. How many of you have been watching the Olympics? How many of you enjoyed the Olympics? I was watching last night the 50-kilometer walk. My goodness, how anyone can walk 50 kilometers in less than, you know, four hours beats me. I mean, I couldn't even run it in four hours. I, I, I doubt whether I could drive it in four hours. No, no, no. Let me tell you, I could definitely drive it in four hours. But walk it or run it, uh, bike it, maybe not. But those guys and gals, they just break the pain barrier. They're not afraid of pain. And they break those barrier and they accomplish things that we think is impossible to accomplish. But you know what? If you're afraid of pain, you'll always look to stay comfortable. And your accomplishment in life is never found in the comfort zone. Your accomplishment in life is breaking through the comfort zone, through the pain barrier, into the gain zone. And that's where God wants you to go. So, so the first point, if, if you want to regain your dream, you've got to get rid of fear. You've got to overcome fear. You cannot allow yourself to be controlled by fear. Here's the second point that I want to make on the four things to do when your dream falls apart. The second thing is don't limit God. So the second thing that Jesus said to Jairus, after he said, do not be afraid, fear not, he says, only believe, only believe. Come on, Jairus, don't let fear control you. Now just move into this new phase of only believe. And only believe means don't limit God. It's hard to believe when you see your dream shattered. It's hard to believe when you're in grief. It's hard to do much when you're in grief. And grief has the power to overshadow us and control us. But during the time of grief and shattered dreams, something needs to resonate in the back of your mind. Those words, only believe. Only believe, only believe, hold on to God, don't limit God, don't limit God. I don't want to speak a word to, you, to, to every single person in this room because I cannot stop you from ever coming into a moment of grief. It will happen. If it hasn't happened yet, it will happen. Why is that? Because we live in a world where things happen. Bad things do happen to good people regardless. And bad things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen in this world because we live here. It's part of the package deal. 
So I want to prepare you for when you encounter your grief. If I can just sink this word into your spirit so that when you encounter grief, you'll hear these words resonating in your spirit. Only believe. Only believe. Only believe. Don't limit God. God is able to come through for you. God hasn't finished with you. This is not the end of the line. This is not the last word that's been said. Come on. Don't be afraid. Only believe. Because now it's a matter of focus. And what Jesus was trying to get Jarius to do is this. Jarius, don't make your focus the death of your child. Let me be your focus. Can I get your eyes off the death and the shattered dream and get your eyes on the power of God? Can I get you to take your focus from here and lift it up there? And it's so hard for us at a time of grief and a time of pain and a time of shattered dreams to lift our focus, to lift our faith. But I want the word of the Lord to so sink into your spirit that you get programmed that when it happens, you hear these words, only believe, only believe, only believe. All things are possible. Only believe, only believe. I remember one day in this church, guy who just lost his business, went bankrupt, was so angry about it. He collared me after church one day. And he said to me, don't you ever give me any of this faith stuff. It doesn't work. My business has just gone down the tubes. Don't ever talk to me about faith again. And stormed out of the church without giving me an opportunity of saying, the final chapter has not been written in your life. He left with these words, don't ever speak to me about faith again. And all I wanted to say was, the last chapter hasn't been written. Come on, you're facing a shattered dream. You're facing shattered faith, but it's not the end. Come on, folks, faith is not an event. It's a lifestyle that surpasses events. And so often we make faith an event and it's always got to be wonderful. When I find that sometimes life isn't wonderful, but you hang in there because faith surpasses events. Events are temporary, but faith is forever. Faith is that which keeps us connected to God forever and ever. Events come and events go, but faith is forever. Ephesians 3.20, one of my favorite scriptures, says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. Come on, God is able to do beyond what you ask or think. So don't limit him. Don't put him in a box. When a doctor says something to you, when, when, when a messenger comes with a bad message, that's not the end of the story. A messenger came to Jarius and said, your little girl is dead. But that was not the end of the story. It could have been, but it wasn't. And Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Let me tell you the third thing to do 
when your dreams shatter around you. That is, keep your eyes on Jesus. In verse 37, some people were permitted not to follow because they just didn't have faith. But some people were told, keep following me. Peter, James, and John, and Jairus and his wife says, just keep following me. Come on, just keep following me. I'm going somewhere. Stay with me. Keep following Jesus. Keep following Jesus. When your dreams are shattered, don't take the sidetrack. Keep following Jesus. Don't stray away in moments of grief. Don't let disappointment with God destroy relationship with God. Because I want to say to you, no matter how strong you are, there will be moments when you will get disappointed with God. Ann and I have had our moments of disappointment with God. He said, but John, you're a pastor. You preach this stuff. I'm also human. I also go through disappointments. He said, but John, you've had all your dreams come to pass. No, I haven't. I'm still hanging on to dreams that seem to me shattered. But I'm hanging on to Jesus. At the moment, they don't look anywhere near fulfillment. He said, what are you talking about? Hey, listen, we all start life with dreams. You know, when you're a parent, you start off with incredible dreams and desires for your kids. They get to an age where they become adults and they start making their own choices. And sometimes the choices they make may not be the choices that you agree with. That's where you just got to hang on to God and begin to say, God, I don't necessarily like this, but I can't be controlling. I can't, it's not, it's not my job to be controlling. My job is to be there 24-7, but not to control, to be there to support. And sometimes you feel the pain of disappointment, but you hang on to God because you know this, that we're on a journey here. The final chapter has not been written. And what you're facing right now is not the end because there's chapters that have not yet been written. So what do you do? You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep following him. You don't let your disappointment with God destroy relationship with God. You keep following him. You keep worshiping him. You keep saying yes to him. You keep your faith in him. And Anne and I have always said, yes, Jesus, whatever you want us to do. Yes, Lord. We just keep saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Your will is what we want. And we keep following you. We keep obeying you. We don't sidetrack. We don't let disappointment with God destroy relationship with God. We just keep saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And if you keep saying, yes, Lord, God will see you through. Come on, don't let your disappointment with God destroy your relationship with God. Because in times of toughness, that's when you need God. And that's when he says, keep following me. There's people yelling at you. Your little girl is dead. Jesus saying, keep following me. But she's dead. We're wailing. Keep following me. Keep following me. Keep following me. There's a word for some people out there where the enemy has said, your dream is shattered. That which you believed in is gone. But the word of the Lord for you today is keep following Jesus. Keep saying yes to Jesus. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He's the author, perfecter, finisher of your faith. The last word has not yet been spoken. The last chapter has not yet been written. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes 
on Jesus. And the last point, plane is coming in for a landing, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready for a new dream. Get ready for a new dream. God doesn't leave you in the shattered dream stage forever. God wants to place a new dream. And I love how this story finishes. Because he shuts everybody out of the room. And he brings Peter, James and John and mum and dad into the room. And, 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 and there in front of them is the shattered dreams. The dead child. But the last word hasn't been spoken. And then Jesus speaks these words. Talitha kumi. want everybody to say Talitha kumi. The translation of that is little girl arise. Little girl arise. But Jesus spoke these words in Aramaic. Talitha kumi. Talitha kumi. And he was speaking to the shattered dream. Come back to life. Come back to life. To the shattered dream. To the hopeless situation. Come back to life. And in front of their eyes, that little girl rose up into life. That dream that was shattered came back to life. In this case, Talitha Kumi brought the resurrection of a little girl. But I want to say to you that maybe it might not be the resurrection of your little girl, but it might be the resurrection of another little girl. And I want to speak into your spirit today these words, Talitha Kumi. Let that dream be put together again. Let that dream receive new life. I want you to hear the words of Jesus speaking into your spirit today. Talitha kumi. Let it rise up again. A new vision, a new dream, a freshness. Let it rise up out of the ashes. Let it rise up out of the grave. A new vision, a new dream that God wants to place into your life. God does not want you to keep mourning over the past, but get excited about a new chapter that God's about to write in your life. The past, it cannot be changed. The past, it cannot be interpreted or affected again, but there's a new chapter about to be written and God wants to rise up a new dream in your spirit and I speak prophetically into your spirit today Talitha Kumi Talitha Kumi Talitha Kumi let vision and dreams rise up again a new vision a new dream come on God is the God of miracles. He works all things for good. Don't get in the way. Would you start making room for a move of God? Would you start making room for God to move in your life afresh? Come on, get rid of all the stuff that would cause you to mourn over the past. Get rid of all that stuff that would cause you to lock the room and keep it as a shrine. Come on up, Amelia. Keep it as a shrine to the past. Keep it a shrine to death. Come on, some of you need to go back into 
into that room that's become a shrine now to death and destruction and a past and, and all the failures. Just clear out the stuff and say it's a new day coming. God's going to do a new thing. All things have passed away. All things have become new. God's going to do a new thing. I'm looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of my faith. He's going to do a new thing in my life. He's going to rise up a new vision in my spirit. He hasn't finished with me yet. It's not all over yet. The last word has not been spoken in my life. Talitha kumi. I speak it in your spirit today. Talitha kumi. Talitha kumi. Arise. Arise out of the ashes into a new life in Christ. Thanks for listening to this message from the North Shore Christian Center Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at www.nscc.org.au. Through our website, you can keep up to date with what's happening in the life of our church in Chatswood, New South Wales, as well as accessing other free resource materials. 